Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi. And we have an extra, extra special guest, two extras, writer, comedian, and co-host of literally our favorite podcast of all time, Sexy Unique Podcast, Carrie O'Donnell. Hello. Wow, what a treat to have What an opening. I mean, I'm so humbled. We, I mean, we love Sex Unique podcast. I feel like we've, every time we talk about Mother God, which is maybe twice now, <laughs> we have to, we have to, the laugh. We have to laugh and we have to talk about sub because you're, <laughs> I could just do, I could just show. do, if we pivoted to just talk about that three episode <laughs> only season, one season docuseries, I would be fine with it. I could do it, a whole podcast about I've never the, seen anything like it. It really is I've just a, a party cult is not something you see every day. And yeah, like and like party, party, party. And not even like, just party, it's like internet party. Like the internet yeah. is so central to Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of when everyone was doing those like MacBook videos lip syncing Carly um call me maybe mm-hmm. that's like what their whole cult was except they were doing bong rips and like talking about robin williams they were so photo booth so imac photo booth about yeah it. and that is enough to build a cult philosophy around in these days like if you take enough yeah. masculine like you can do that i they have were... a conspiracy theory that the house burned down not because she was saging it, but because she had just like smoked a J and accidentally like that's tossed the stub on the ground. Or she was just high and was like, I need to burn this. Like I that <laughs> woman in particular was exceptionally twisted. She's um I found we found her Instagram. And Is I was she okay? No, she's not okay. <laughs> See, I would love maybe you can send the the handle offline. Yeah, I don't want to like blow up her spot, but she's like, she is filming chemtrails. She's just going like, "Are you kidding me? What, you know, filming the sky?" No, slender uh, lady. Her poor child. I wonder how old those kids are now. Her I hope like a mom, her mom, or her father of the kids' mom is like somehow involved. Yeah. Not Someone to say like a woman has to rear the children, but. Just but some, Mother God some... cannot be mom alone. Mother God and Slender Lady. <laughs> I don't know if she's... <laughs> it's a gruesome twosome. Ugh. She, she kind of gives me, like, not to be... This feels really cold, but she kind of gives me, like, Andrea Yates oh. energy. <laughs> no, okay. I, I'm... Sorry. I 100% agree with that. The... That's horrible. I'm going to maybe take that out. That's horrible. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I bet Okay. I'm... The woman who was I was really take with, taken with was Hope. Um, someone mm. on Twitter said that her face card never declines, and that really made me laugh. Like in another lifetime, she would have gone on America's Next Top Model. And which one was Hope? The brunette one who reunited with her mom at the end. Oh my god, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. she was like she had like she could have been a model. Mm-hmm. And loved her. Head. Loved her accent. Wait, is Hope the one who's not from New Zealand? She's the from from Boston. Yeah. Okay, right. I yeah. yeah, no, and she has kind of a 
cool like rough voice that i like mm -hmm. oh they all were like kind of beautiful definitely that's why those two girls were always in front of the camera they oh yeah they, they knew they were the bread and butter <laughs> yeah truly. mother god was like i can't mother god was gorgeous it's hard it's like yeah. she was she was like in the 90s was like like dream 90s girl like yeah the hair like she could have been an actress or something yeah she was very america's sweetheart oh god if only someone discovered her in a mall then this would have been different very different i think this is actually a really good segue into our first listener question of the week kind of more of a listener tip actually but i got a dm from mondo that simply said Please talk about Adam Driver's alleged cult ties. Now, I was not aware of any of this, not but all. I've done some digging. And Adam Driver's mother-in-law allegedly, allegedly, allegedly was a teacher in a New York City-based acting slash labor camp cult called the Odyssey Study Group. Have you heard of this? No, is it? Is it kind of like that? I remember there was that article a few years ago about that acting school in Toluca Lake that was a cult. Is it sort of like that? Very similar to the Toluca Lake cult, but the main difference with this New York-based one is that they were based on the teachings of Rasputin. So in the mid-70s, this struggling character actress named Sharon Gans and her husband set up an actor's studio and kind of like self-helpy clinic on the Upper East Side, catering to rich New Yorkers who are suffering some, some, you know, spiritual deficiencies, like whatever the fuck. And over the course of the next 50 years, they bilk all these followers out of hundreds of thousands of dollars in these classes that people would pay $400 to do, and then essentially do like manual labor and monologues at the same time. Wow, four hundred dollars back then too is a lot. Yeah, it's like a, a lot UCB of money. class today, but that's like <laughs> a lot. Also, oh, wait, the monologues part. That so they would like practice their lines while they're doing yes. Labor. Wow, yes. that's that's a scam. That's a oh my god. Scam. Yeah, that's In like oh my god. And no one successful really came out of this. And Adam Driver allegedly was not affiliated with like the actual membership, but his wife, who I believe is just some sort of like nonprofit worker, like a like a normal person, her mom was the right hand woman to Sharon Gans for decades. She was like, I have to marry. That's why she married an actor. That's she was a... drawn. And but why did? adam driver marry her i mean i'm sure she has great qualities but i wonder i mean she has the face of a cult leader i'll say that i'm gonna share this in our chat I, something about her face is i mean he I, was like I, real I juilliard so like it makes i feel like i could see him like getting into some weird method labor thing mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. I the actual cult lady, the original Sharon Gans, looks Whoa. so crazy. <laughs> well, his wife is really like powerful looking. Very right? powerful. Damn. And then yeah. you scroll down to Sharon and it's like 
when a woman has red tinted glasses like that, she is up to no good. Mother God. Very yeah. mother God. She's mother godding right in front was, of our very eyes. Did Adam Driver actually go to like Afghanistan? Was he overseas? He was overseas, but I don't think he went to Afghanistan. I feel like if he went to Afghanistan, both he and the general public would always be like, did he he went to Afghanistan? Okay. I thought maybe he like did and they they just he had a really good team, like start Disney team like bury it or something. See, I'd believe that too though. Yeah. There's it a could... secrecy to him that yeah. unsettles, which is part of the power of why he is so good. Like this man has seen some shit, but who was who was the one who said I where did I hear that he would walk around Juilliard with like a chicken? <laughs> like a giant jug of water and like a rotisserie chicken. That like, fully tracks to me. I went to college with guys who would do that to like it was like macro culture before like we talk about macro now and like Reddit fitness threads and stuff. Like that one hundred percent tracks. That's like the Grendel diet. <laughs> yeah. You're you you're like just like whole sheep yeah Mm -hmm. it's i don't know a guy like that is it's not the kind of person i vibe with but it is the kind of person i can i guess watch host snl this weekend and like do projects we love such as girls but i think we should actually talk about the show though um carrie do you want to tell us a little bit about your relationship with the show uh when did you come to it have you always been a fan that sort of thing well i watched i was like i think it came out in 2012 right mm-hmm. i watched in the i was living at home after college and so it was a kind of timely slash too painful to watch for me because i was like feeling the millennial you know hell of like coming out of the recession and I'd been living with my parents for a year in New Jersey. And I also, I relate it to a time where I was dating this guy that was like really bad for me. And like, it sort of reminds me of that time, like that first Mm -hmm. season, but I watched in the beginning, I fell off a little. So like I, I only watched a few episodes of this last season in my life. So I'm, that's my bad gay admission mm-hmm. but so i had never seen this episode <laughs> um but i was always like in i always loved it and i always thought lena dunham like i always she was very annoying in a lot of ways but i always thought she got like really raked over the coals and like i always thought it was funny and i always appreciated it and i'm glad that it's having a renaissance but I thought people were way too insane about her, even then. Like, yeah. I, it was, I mean, she was uh, admittedly deeply annoying in a lot of ways, but like people were really bent out of shape about her. And I thought that it was, she was such a lightning rod. And I just like always thought she was punk rock. Yeah. She is punk like, rock. Yeah. And like she put her foot in her mouth, but like that's what, but I, I respected it. Like, I always appreciated when she was, like, annoying. And it wasn't annoying and, like, like what she was saying wasn't thoughtful and good. It was just, like, she just couldn't help her. It was, like, she couldn't help herself sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated that. And I thought that was, she really was, like, the 
voice of our generation. I, I and like she was a prophet in a lot of ways, and like I think she got, she was just like kind of she was the scapegoat, I think, for our generation. Like people, she was kind of one of the original of like the new right. Their focus of hate, mm -hmm. you know, was like pre-Trump right. Mm -hmm. but like building to that like true insanity where everyone just everyone just, she was just like oh that gross woman <laughs> seriously I mean it was just so clearly sexist but before anyone could kind of be honest about the fact that they were being sexist you know yeah and like there was just yeah there was just no it was just like it was impossible for her like she was in but she's you know she, i think she's having last laugh now like she's oh yeah like, she doesn't live in our country anymore and uh, i mean happily. Polly pockets in pre-production right now <laughs> like she's doing great so yeah she's she she's... gave us an in industry where she helped forgot forgot she yeah. was involved with that yeah you know? I, and i feel like people really have come around on her you know and just i mean i don't know she's still kind of continues to put her foot in her mouth in different ways and people you know i mean let's be real the the hillary rap was unforgivable but like it's not lena dunham's fault that hillary lost the election it's hillary's fault that she lost the election but it's it's not and i feel like a bunch of balloons should have come down from the ceiling when you said that because you are the first person in the history of this podcast to bring up her involvement in the hillary rap um well okay. But, which needs to be said we do need to acknowledge this but i still have love for her even if she did that but i oh yeah people, oh yeah people were like this is this is why and it's like god she can't even she's she can't blame for this like we're all break yeah i mean i feel like the public favorite yeah people have sort of come around on her but how do you think the show holds up like watching it today it's so funny it's yeah, so and this last season I remember was really emotional and like um really dark and but also just like the bittersweetness of this final few episodes I like cuz I of course watched the finale I skipped a, f a few and mm -hmm. watched the finale cuz I do that um and I just I thought it was a perfect ending but yeah I think the humor is still really fresh I think the acting is great I think seeing Allison Williams in this episode <laughs> I didn't really get her at first and now having seen her in movies and like seeing how she's developed as a performer I like really think she's channeling in this and she's doing like a voice she's doing like you know she was like she knew what she was doing and mm -hmm. at first I think I just didn't I'd never seen her in anything else so I was like oh this is just how she is so I think seeing it watching it knowing how talented she is was extra cool and i think andrew rannells is fucking amazing yeah so and Corey Stahl, bald daddy Corey. yeah the, the hottest bald man plow my hole <laughs> true place of plow like that <laughs> we um i'm happy we got this particular episode too because this episode is the one true andrew randall showcase like where he gets to do everything and aces all of it i love i yeah. just i loved it yeah love him if you had to identify with one girl which girl would you be 
Hmm. We can open it up to the the no, supporting I'm, cast too, but I'm no, I'm just I'm really thinking. And I I appreciate you're actually weighing the options here. Some people just yeah. probably if I'm gonna be honest, probably Marnie or Shoshana. I think Shoshana is like people have come around that she was like always like one step you know secretly like but not in that way more in her like just being a people pleaser mm -hmm. in the beginning at least um but marnie but shoshana was also like kind of weirdly antisocial too mm -hmm. at least i think marnie i feel yeah i think her unfortunately They're all kind of weirdly antisocial just not in in their own ways yeah yeah, I think on the clinical sense, not into like I'm sure. No, no, like I think they would like diagnosed. <laughs> like there's like a, but yeah, Hannah. I don't feel like I'm. I don't relate to her that much, but I. Nothing to say. But I respect her, especially this season too. Like this is Hannah at like, kind of the peak of her powers compared to other seasons too like it's so crazy to think from season one to now how this character has evolved in an episode like this like you really see a lot of the, the really grown up she really grows up mm -hmm. yeah and I, I skipped ahead and i watched the second to last one where she goes up to and and outs the uh the dean or the head of the department mm -hmm. and like yeah, just she's like making actual good decisions, healthy decisions. Leaving New York is like the best thing she could have done for herself. Mm -hmm. So this is all like leading to that. And I think I like that she ended it with Elijah, who she started at her initial like journey with in college and got moving there. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I like that it was like that's who she leaves having like that's her last experience in New York is with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, we were and talking. Marnie goes to live with her, right? I a little bit in the finale. Yeah, so like she's like her handmaiden, her. basically, <laughs> for the last episode. It's a key. It's I. Yeah, I. We talked at the beginning of the season when we started this that we have kind of mixed feelings on a lot of this season, but I am finding myself in the latter half really, really loving it. There's a lot of filler at the beginning of the season, but this this episode was a delight and then the next few were all shattering in their own ways they just really got gays too yeah. like lena dunham really guts us yeah I think. and is, this was like one of the first shows where like they weren't afraid to have a slightly like not like just a gay that wasn't precious like a like a kind of a like narcissistic fucked up gay pre all like you know and i think like so many in like the other two in search party like now so many like genius depictions of that but i think elijah was kind of one of the templates of this no oh yeah like a very flawed at times actually nasty gay guy who at the same time wasn't a caddy like no. GBF or like sales associate, even though he is a GBF and a sales associate, <laughs> but like 
um not um like not just some like stock relief character no and i think it was one of the first shows that really depicted like how codependent a gay and girl friendship can be Mm -hmm. and not in like a will and grace way like a like almost like hannah's like kind of subs for him like hannah's sort of like deferential to him in some ways yeah and like there's like almost like a weird gender norm thing going on in their friendship sometimes where he's like it's all about him yeah yeah and you see it in the episode i don't think it was last week maybe the week before when he gets really angry at her for being pregnant and he's like we both had nothing going on and now now this like what am i supposed to do what about me yeah Yeah, and it's like that's like and it it is yeah it's 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 cool how honest it is about like two roads diverge like a queer life and then like she's even though she's like spiritually queer like her life is developing into a more like traditional route so it's like it's hard yeah when your straight friends get pregnant (laughs) but he can he'll be a fun gunkle yeah a broadway star fun gunkle like that's kind of like the best case scenario (laughs) right there but should we get into just briefly recap last week and then we'll get into this week julia do you want to do the summary yeah so last week hannah went on a pregnancy reveal world tour and debated the ethics of telling paul louis about the baby the um uh, surf instructor jet ski guy Mm -hmm. unclear Marnie and her mother put on a show in Jersey City after Desi got zooted on Xanax. They performed as the Michaels sisters. And Jessa and Adam debuted their horrible indie movie about his relationship with Hannah. I think that sets us up nicely. Um, Usually we go through character by character. So I think we should start with Elijah. Yes, please. We have never started with Elijah before. This is special. It's so special. I mean, um, he's the centerpiece of the episode. I really, like, I wish we had more true Elijah episodes, but this is such a good episode. Yeah. We we open on him working at, where is he working? Is he working okay. at, like, Bergdorf's? What did they say? I think he's at Bergdorf's at the Henri Bendel counter, which is, like, a, it's, like, Hermes with more lotions. I don't know how mm. else to describe that. Retail hell. Yeah. Uh, he's in retail hell and um he's talking about his line in a papa john's commercial he had to say they stuffed it and now (laughs) now he's moving on to bigger and better things he's going to audition for the broadway adaptation of white men can't jump which it it becomes clear he's never seen it (laughs) no which i i love going to an open call having no understanding of what you're going to probably like 50 percent of people though for sure oh yeah it's just the it is so funny that they picked this particular movie to get a broadway adaptation to because it's not (laughs) that far off from what's actually gonna happen like i saw some headline yesterday that j-lo has been cast in an adaptation of a musical adaptation of kiss of the spider woman and i was like i saw that no like that is not a movie that needs to be a musical but did you see that j-lo on the red carpet of l woman of the year and they asked her who who her woman of the year is and she like couldn't 
She was like, <laughs> um, she was like, I guess, I guess they're all women of the year, but wait, that's I guess so funny. Taylor was pretty good. That's like if she had to pick one, that's going to be the most famous she woman in the world. Yeah, that's so really? funny. Girl did not want to become a soundbite for saying the wrong woman. No, she was she was seeing Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Um, mm-hmm. so he's getting ready for the audition at home. He's wearing this um very confusing like idea of a basketball jersey, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah it was it was an american eagle tank top like just like a cotton jersey tank top with a number on it like it was a it was very like sean cody basketball (laughs) yeah (laughs) when he was like i haven't touched the basketball since sixth grade i was having flashbacks to town basketball that did your parents force you to do that drew yeah i got fouled or i fouled out for tripping people intentionally one game um because i got wow. i got so hard well I'm, i've always been really competitive and all of us been really bad at basketball so i had to get you were to get a competitive ankle. advantage yeah <laughs> yeah i was nine i wasn't i was you know within the realm of like being not being old enough to know any better but um still being old enough to know what you're doing no i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean i knew i knew what I was. you were doing, the good son but... yeah um <laughs> no but i was i remember there was a kid i was on a really bad basketball team oh, every year i was terrible but there was one year where we almost got it together one game and i had the ball and i was dribbling it and then i turned to the coach and i said mr wademan look at what i can do with my thumbs <laughs> started doing my double jointed just in the <laughs> middle of and then I, they got the ball away from me and i was ima- i was imagining elijah doing that yeah i mean he basically does in the audition like he you and he would have been so good at being like the halftime entertainment like the laker girls like doing like the yeah dance. <laughs> it's like i also think i also remember there was a kid who didn't want to play basketball and so he hid in the pile of coats because it was always in the winter <laughs> and everyone would throw their coats in a pile and he hid in the coats and i was like he's i just remember being like he's a genius he's an icon i should have done that a I smart mean, kid clearly like, gay whoever he was yeah that, he's like the little match girl you know it's so funny oh my god um back to the episode um bold daddy cory stall shows up as 14 time Emmy winner Dill Harcourt, a per- like a perfect name. Like this show oh, is so good at naming characters, but Dill Harcourt is really, really high up there. Um, so it's Dill Harcourt turn this <laughs> off. He's tried me. to steal a white baby. Is that what we're to understand here? <laughs> you tried right. to, to buy a white a white baby on the black market? that's the that's kind of what they get at um i I feel like he shared a he was like trying to adopt a baby and he said he wanted a white baby and it got out right is that what happened because he's supposed to be like anderson cooper right yeah so yeah he and he's being like hounded by like new york post and paparazzi in new york and of course he has to lay low in brooklyn at hannah and elijah's house or as he says, Queens. Right. <laughs> a flop house, quote unquote. And he, yeah, shows up at uh, Elijah's door and 
Elijah eventually lets him in, but, you know, somewhat begrudgingly, Elijah instructs Hannah to write down everything he says, Mm -hmm. which wise and and she does she does just that she texts him live updates of like she's a good fag hag she's the best i honestly hannah's a the friend you want in a situation like this yeah she's loyal she's like tries to put up a wall at first right and i liked how just i mean i remember how devastating that moment when dill's like you're like silly you're like a silly thing like when they first Mm -hmm. break up and he's like i would you were just like a silly thing for me yeah. Like that was so Elijah it showed his he was grace. He had a lot of graciousness. Yeah, and honestly, I Hannah is a comforting person in a lot of ways. Like if you are having a career ending scandal revolving around your attempts to purchase a white baby, then uh you could do worse than Hannah Horvath as a as a comforting figure. So meanwhile, Elijah goes to this open call audition. Hell. And hell yeah it looked like i mean they were in the literal gymnasium for the um the like nature of the musical or whatever but yeah this looked like a cattle call no fun yeah they immediately call him in um and he's like i have to go to the bathroom they won't let him go to the bathroom so he just kind of sneaks away um and athena dante queen of musical theater and hip-hop performance <laughs> drew wrote this yeah into returning wait okay is athena dante is that a is she real no no no. her character's okay. name is athena no dante. i know that's her character's name but is she the queen of musical theater and hip-hop performance no i just really liked her energy <laughs> <laughs> her like her like stairwell rapping was like i was like okay like i'm, I'm into this like she was like a teen she, yeah. oh yeah no she was 18 or 19 i think we were yeah. supposed to assume yeah she kind of like hypes him up yeah she talks him into performing iconically let me be your star from nbc's smash instead of whatever like newsies song he was supposed to do and he sings it oh yeah oh yeah so incredible goosebumps gave me goosebumps but did y'all watch smash a little bit yeah i'm the same boat what is it what was it it was like a meta, like making of a musical. Deborah Messing was in it, and Catherine McPhee Foster. Um, mm-hmm. and it's that sounds fun. It's sort of they're creating the mu- a musical about Marilyn Monroe, and they're yeah. like these two dueling hopefuls, right? Yeah, this is kind of like the iconic song from the TV show, I guess. Like, I think they actually are putting it on now as a Broadway show they are they should do the good wife as a broadway show (laughs) or the good lawyer or whatever what's the good fight the good fight yeah the one with christine baranski like we're no juliana singing please but yeah um that was rough stuff smash is also really notable for like angelica houston is in it for a little bit and she does sing a song and i would recommend people just watch that youtube clip like i don't think the show itself not worth it but if you are an angelica head like me it's she did a stint on tv she did transparent yeah which she was good in transparent yeah she was good in transparent she's i mean she's always good i wish she did she's in john wick now which is like a good 
gig for her but I kind of wish she did more stuff because she's I just did my annual rewatch of Adam's Family Values for Halloween and she really is just like yeah the coolest so good the hardest I laughed all episode was right after Elijah gets called back for the dance routine like wangs a basketball into someone's face he drops into what I can only describe as a concerned split (laughs) like (laughs) he's sort of like I guess I'll try this and it doesn't work. You can't do a full. I feel like I've done done a concern split before. I'm not even a dancer, but I like really felt it when he got down there. I was like, that's. It wasn't even that though. It was like, well, it was like the half split. Like if you're a drag queen and you can't do a full split, you do that kind of like quad Mm -hmm. stretch split he's Mm -hmm. doing. But he, the guy is like bleeding out his nose and Elijah dips into the split and looks like, hmm. (laughs) at the guy and i was like this is peak physical comedy right here it's just a perfect was it wait what was it what was the one where he landed and then went like (laughs) like total theater kid was that the same thing it It was was the same performance but i I know what which moment you're talking it was like yeah who is what's what's the woman's name marissa oh marissa jarrett winoker yeah from she was incredible in this like, like at the end when he's like belts the song is incredible at the end she just goes hmm, okay yeah it's like, like just not just, in unison. Could don't not. give a shit Perfect. yeah i mean even athena dante recognizes he quote-unquote stunk up the joint they have a funny little back and forth on the street there when he's like i can't hang out with you i'm like 20 years older than you <laughs> which is not true i you know she she does possess the confidence of a much older woman. He's like, yeah. I would hang out with you, but then it's like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> She's like, all right, well, fuck you, basically. And then he gets home to Hannah and Dill having ordered eight pizzas <laughs> and the pepperonis in the bathroom, which is very much like me in my LA apartment trying to like host people and like not having any surface area to post food or put food on important detail yeah and then and he tells oh did yeah go dill, did dill when when did he convince hannah to call oh well we'll definitely oh we're doing we're doing hannah. character by character, character. character. i'm so sorry yeah. oh no, no 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 important important if we forgot it um but we did not that is i mean so much to talk about there but uh basically we we end elijah's tale with he gets it or he and dill have sex and yeah you know what of course that's as 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 god-given right at this point Mm -hmm. but elijah gets a call back in the morning and honest goosebumps again that made me so happy i andrew rannells really pulled at my heart heart strings this week I would watch just a spinoff of Elijah like rising in Broadway. So, oh, why yeah. didn't they do that? It could because... just be Elijah. Yeah. Or boy. They tell you... him not to bring a basketball, which made me laugh. Fair. <laughs> Say forgot at home. I would have settled for even a YouTube, like a mini music video of him doing a clip from the actual production of this show like it would have that would have been enough for me just like a a taste of glory yeah 
Should we get into Hannah? Yeah. Okay. So while Elijah's at the audition, Hannah and Dill have their little date together. Um, Dill's doing the puzzle on the back of the cookie crisp box, which mm. was cutie. I mean, Dill's like horrible, but oh god, I love I love Corey Stoll. Sorry, he's so he's good. Angry in this scene though, he's like taking out his uh, adoption woes on Hannah. He says like dads are important, and Hannah asks, "Well, what what about moms? Are they important?" He said, "Yeah, for six months." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "I'm." I'm broken inside because I was deprived of the divine masculine. Because <laughs> like, my father okay. left me when I was three. Oh God! Yeah, it's it's just a. Uh, it's funny to see him in this light, but they do, for whatever reason, seem to vibe in a way that I'm. I don't understand, but I like. They're both, they're both like kind of lost people. Yeah. And, and he's also like broken. he's a professional schmoozer too like it's his job yeah. to kind of relate to people yeah he immediately picks up she's pregnant without her he's like i've won 14 emmys i know when someone's hiding a secret <laughs> also a great line um i love well before they have their emotional moment together paul louis calls hannah back and just barely remembers who she is she has to give him refreshers he says i threw up in your bed you said i had a lot of pubic hair like he's like oh hannah <laughs> i just i mean so brutal. off to a great brutal. start i oof he basically just i mean has no interest in being a part of this baby's life or i contributing in any way which is ostensibly what hannah wanted i but mean it's it, still hard to hear yeah and it's just it, yeah and i i don't know if her what do you guys think was she crying because she realized like maybe i do want someone or was she crying because it was just hard to hear or both was, it felt like she was like oh my god i'm inconsequential or like <laughs> i yeah i think she was feeling like wow i like i think she it was just like a to me it was like her just knowing where her character went it was like she really thought she was gonna have this like huge impact on all these people and then this guy's like oh okay good luck and she's like damn you know like i'm even though she's going to have like a great life up there and like she will have fulfillment i'm sure it's like in this moment i think it's less about me wanting a partner and more about like she just is life is like ambivalent kind of yeah i also think she wanted him to put up more of a fight so yeah she could like draw on more strength if that makes sense like i think she wanted this to be more of a victory for her than it actually ended up being like at one point she says she was sad that how easy it all feels that mm -hmm. she got everything she wanted so quickly but yeah like sometimes you want a little friction to actually make it yeah worth it and, and also like i don't he wasn't even being that like he didn't even he's not even like a bad person i don't like he's not it wasn't i think they did that he he played that really well um mm -hmm. 
because he he wasn't like i don't care about you he was just like oh this is just not yeah for me yeah he did a good job of like balancing the shock and not apathy but sort of like just so overwhelmed that the idea of it that like i can't even you know begin to really care and he says be good be good hannah Oof. yeah also uh, brutal in its own way i don't want to hear that honestly i don't want to hear be good yeah it's like <laughs> i'm carrying your spawn yeah Ooh. thanks bro yeah. <laughs> i mean she says at one point like wow i mean everyone told me to do this everyone made it seem like such a big deal and now i feel like it's a mistake you see dill kind of listening in since he's the yeah he's he's i think really was the the final catalyst that made her or the final push that made her really think i need Mm -hmm. to talk to the father well he probably also liked i mean he's like he interviews he investigates he probably was like part of him wanted the show oh yeah oh yeah he was bored bored. yeah i mean he like basically slinks in from the door frame to the bed when he's trying to comfort her but then the i actually found the moment where they cry in unison very sweet in its own weird way yeah yeah it was like parallel crying like they weren't they're not like they probably like don't really care about each other but they're just in this moment they're like we're both in a in a moment of release yeah it's like that moment in midsummer where they're all uh-huh. screaming and crying in unison just like collectively feeling something that's kind of yeah i mean obviously not that major compared to that but definitely in its own similar. way yeah. yeah they're all they're all crying about different things yeah lena and ari aster would mm. make a fun project they say yeah where's i think that? i saw emma stone's gonna be in his new movie oh yeah i'm into that are you guys I, watching I, the curse yeah i i'm a behind it's good. i'm also behind but i like that she's making interesting choices as they say i feel like she's i i'm i like this next chapter for emma stone yeah, I'm seeing poor things this weekend and I'm very, very, very mm. excited. I just saw the zone of interest last night. Is that oh. that it was a good I've heard that it's really punishing. I really thought it was incredible. Okay. But I mean it is it's like it's endurance. Yeah. It's you about the Holocaust, see... right? Yeah, it's about the it's Jonathan Glazer, mm-hmm. but it's it's the commander of Auschwitz and his family living on the other side of the wall from the camp in this like gorgeous farm home. And it's just you don't see anything happening in the camp. You just hear the sounds Oof. and they're living as if nothing's happening. And so it's like this banality of, of just pure evil and nothing really happens in their world but it's like there's two movies going on one that you can't see and one you're like it's just this boring it's really sorry to take this on a dark no I it just it just it and mika levy does the music so it's like 
Um, yeah. Is that M- M- Mikachu in the shapes? Is that where she's from? Okay. She did like Jackie and oh Zola yeah. And the Jackie skin. score is so good. Ugh, okay, I I want to watch. I mean, I, I'm dreading watching that, but it feels just to risk sounding like trite. It feels kind of like important to watch. Yeah. But sorry, this is heavy handed. No, but we it's our international film corner for the week. We okay. we have to recommend. We do one every week. Queen Sandra uh, Huller. Future Academy Award nominee Sandra Huller. Definitely. Um, should we get to Marnie and then we'll close out the episode? Yeah. Oh my okay. god. Uh, yeah, like Carrie said earlier, Marnie is just killing me in this episode. She I mean, I think hers was my favorite storyline. I mean, me, me I too. guess Elijah's the obvious answer, but Marnie is so, she's so in the zone here. She, I mean, she gets evicted um, and she has this amazing phone call with her mother, Rita Wilson. Um, she Who, first- can, I, can I just say about, yeah. sorry to interrupt, about no, Rita no. Wilson, like she is so, did you see Kimmy? The Soderbergh no. movie? No, 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 that's the one with Zoe Kravitz. Oh right? wait, yeah, no, I did see that. It, it's K I M I, right? Yeah. Okay, she, yeah. She has a like a small cameo in that Rita Wilson, and she is so scary in that movie. And like, she's in this movie for five minutes, and she is. Oh my god! I didn't even. She's so that chilling in that movie, and she needs to. And this character is her mom is like kind of chilling, mm-hmm. and I think she needs to lean into that a little more. Like she's mm-hmm. she's a good actor. She's oh, yeah. doesn't get she doesn't get to play that a lot, but she could play like evil narcissist really well. Yeah. Her brand of like adult wild child as Marnie's mom is such a specific character type too. Like I feel like Julie and I there there are moms where we grew up who are very similar <laughs> to Marnie's yeah. mom. Um and like her saying that she can't give Marnie any more of her like funny money to pay oh. for her boutique like oh fitness classes. I, I was just like it's Ugh. just both Marnie and her mom are the same kind of narcissist. Like it's just they're they're both kind of wrong. Like Marnie's listing off all her boutique fitness classes that she now can't afford because she's broke. Um animal flow yoga, I think was one of them. <laughs> don't know what that is um and goes on about how she has to now sell her sweet six sweet 16 necklace excuse me and that that is that's where we move into the pivotal scene yeah this was brutal um she tries to sell her sweet 16th locket that quote used to belong to wild bill hickok that she said was pewter plated platinum because they used to cover up expensive metals with cheap ones to hide their like value and the pawn shop owners like you're dumb as rocks like this is tin or whatever it's yeah. it's sort of like this like family lore and mm-hmm. she's it's been like this thing that she's been told her whole life 
And I think, right? And she's just having this yeah. moment of like, oh my God, my mom lied to me. Like she's, yeah. it's almost like this moment that I think everyone has when they're adults where they're like, they have this, like, they're struck by this crushing moment of like, oh, my parents were wrong yeah. in some way. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that. And it's also this thing that girls does so well, this kind of like poor little rich girl, New York City girl class commentary where it's like she th- she really does think she's broke, you know, yeah. she, and yeah. she's coming into this pawn shop. And I don't remember what exactly the shop owner says, but he says, like, you have no idea. People come in here selling their things because they're like, you know, like victims of abuse and lists off a bunch of other ways that people have it worse than her Um, well he's also like do you know the kind of people like she's like i'm innocent and he's like do you know the kind of people that come in here other than the people you just like like junkies thieves Mm -hmm. you know so it's like he's basically saying like you're in bad company right and she's she's sort of just like like what like and he's like i he's basically like i think you see yourself as the victim yeah she he said he calls her a liar i think i mean (laughs) that really sat with her i mean she at one point she says um this is before he tells her off she says i bet none of my ancestors were even in the wild west half my wedding theme was a lie (laughs) that was so funny and it's not even just this like legastic lying that rita wilson is doing about like the wild wild west like her dad has given her glass earrings that he tried to like pawn off as diamond earrings like she just is living in a very constructed reality from both of her parents that it's just it's a complete fiction but she can't take any ownership of it until like i the when she leaves desi a voicemail yeah, and I think like it's it's very infantilizing and like she I think her parents treat her like she's an inept little girl who can't handle like the truth about I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I think she feels yeah. like almost betrayed by her parents for treating her like she couldn't handle something. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah, it's also just like kind of like a trickle down of like they're all liars in different ways, you know, like they're all lying to each other and themselves. Like she she says that she's on the precipice of homelessness and she, all she's <laughs> ever done was love or so, something along those lines. Um, oh, my God. One of the best Marnie quotes. <laughs> it's on perfect. The precipice of homelessness. I also I just really liked how this kind of in the last episode or i think it was the last episode she says something about being on the wrong side of her 20s um and in this scene she just does this full pivot to karen which i think can only be done on the quote-unquote wrong side of your 20s like she's so karen yelling at this pawn shop owner i know you almost it's like you see a glimpse of her future mm-hmm. and you know she might i think the way I saw how she ends the series is like maybe some hope for her, but it's it's also grim. Yeah, it's like we become our parents. Yeah, 
I was definitely thinking earlier this week that Marnie Michaels is a prime candidate for an MBA. Like, if anyone <laughs> ever needed to go back to grad school and just network for a little bit, it's yeah. it's her. She needs academia. <laughs> just get like consulting job and just hit the hit the road for a little bit. Yeah. She should be an urban planner. I don't know why, but I could see her being an urban planner. I can't really see her doing any infrastructural work. Like 95% of urban planning is dealing with sewage and trash. That like I'm okay. sorry, Never that's mind. not too much of a reduction. Like I it's oh no, I mean the glam factor no. is I just feel I, like she's very like she's very logistical. Sorry, carry go on. No, I, I, I could also see her as like an opioid sales for like a pharmaceutical rep oh, oh yeah that's more that's more it or like I, a QC girl mm-hmm. oh she would go to that or like any sort of like project management adjacent thing like she'd excel at i just recently rewatched the season of real housewives of orange county where vicky fakes cancer and i mm-hmm. forgot that megan king edmonds before she became the like globally celebrated detective we know today was a pharmaceutical sales rep. Like That's you can so be cool. great. You can be great and come from that. You <laughs> undoubtedly are haunted every night when you're, even if you've stopped and had some like come to Jesus, you will be visited by spirits. Yeah. If you've been a pharmaceutical rep. Yeah. Talk about the curse. It the is the curse. At least, I mean, Megan paid it forward a little bit by debunking one fraudster, at least within like the the irrevocably irrevocably like fucked up tapestry that is the American healthcare system. That's I mean, Megan Megan King Edmonds married a Biden for like three months. She had a wedding that Joe Biden attended while president. And then got divorced three months later. Like she's a fucking icon. Yeah. I I mean, I would not be surprised if she got in for three months, saw some documents, got right on out of there. International woman of mystery. Yeah, what does she know? Is she a plant? I'm not sure if like his like hippie nephew is privy to any sort of uh state secrets but you truly never know i mean if they're giving hunter like the nuclear codes or whatever like we i know we could anyone could have anything anyone could have anything god Um, i can't can't wait for next year i it's it's too much to think about sometimes i would like a girls in the trump era Trump era. Honestly, that's really what we're missing here. Or like nuclear war girls. They're rebuilding a new a new society. Mm-hmm. I would be into that. There was that show on Netflix a few years ago. I watched a little bit of it over the pandemic and like fell away, but it was about four telephone operators up and like you know like callboard girls which switchboard girls switchboard girls in spain in the 1940s like dealing with world war ii and men and all these things that you know timeless things and that had a very girlsy element to it like honestly i think 
girls has really complicated the mold but the kind of like sex in the city archetypes really are like those are like the four women characters that i think so many people base their core group of girls off of it's even in 1940s spain like there still is a shoshana working the switchboards a vampy switchboarder (laughs) it's a cynical switchboarder we do have one um one last question from a listener and then we'll wrap up the episode but from danny and weho um we got this right before this season premiered lena had one of her biggest controversies with her statement i wish i had had an abortion while the season itself deals with an unplanned pregnancy what are we as viewers supposed to infer from Lena's creative decision in ending the show this way? Hmm. Honestly, this question, this is stumping me. We should have a mini sode with Danny from We Have to get, get yeah. to the bottom yeah, of this. Yeah, this is, this is like. This is <laughs> deep. We don't I mean, have PhDs. Like, what are we, what are we doing? I mean, it, it could just be like simply be have nothing to do with her personal life it could just be this is where she thought the character would go like yeah it might not have anything to do with like i think the choice is could just be like as a writer she was like this is where i see hannah going which is sounds like a cop-out answer but it might be as simple as that yeah i mean and when she said i wish i had 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 an abortion was she saying like what was the context again the context was was something like she was talking about it as an experience universal to womanhood Mm -hmm. and that she had wished she had had one so she can participate in that like sort of experience which is a weird thing to say but i i sort of get where she's coming from like a lot of her controversies heart was in the right place the words a little yeah a little I mean, delusional but knowing that she was struggling with that um illness that she had oh she yeah had to, she had to have a hysterectomy right yeah really she chose to have one to like prevent some like i think maybe that had something to do with it like she was just, we didn't know that yet so it just came off weird but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I yeah. I thought like again it came off almost like like a hot mic moment. Yeah. It it's I think even out of context and in context a little bit, it's more glib than she probably intended it to be. This show also <laughs> has one of the great all-time abortion related TV episodes with all adventurous women do when Hannah and Jessa go to try to get Jessa an abortion. Like that, I mean, that's what the title of the episode refers to. Like all adventurous women do get abortions. Like it's not that oh, far. I thought off. it was about HPV. Oh, maybe yeah, I think it's it's HPV. HPV. Okay, well, I, think I misspoke. No, I no, I'm not. I'm being a know it all. <laughs> it was because isn't that the one where Elijah's like. Everyone's gay. You gave me HPV, and he's like, "I'm gay," and she's like, "You're pretending to be gay." Yeah, yeah. And then then he's like, "By the way, your dad's gay." 
<laughs> yeah. Bye. You're dead. That's it. Yeah. And then that's the and then they go and dance to call uh I'm dancing on my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is all in the same episode because I yeah, because Hannah tweets all adventures too. That's she right. Yeah. Okay, so I've just said misinformation. And that's okay. Oh, I mean, I'm not gonna apologize. Uh but... Drew, I get called out probably once a podcast for spreading misinfo. Fake... Yeah, I get called out constantly, so don't worry about it. Gay men should be allowed to lie. That's... Or not be knowledgeable about most things. Gay men should be allowed to just confidently say untrue things. <laughs> without, without fear of a fact check. Comments or four star reviews or getting yeah. expelled from Congress or any of the other repercussions we see in yeah. our community these days. But all right. I think we should move on to our final segments. Yes. Okay. Um, so three quick questions. Which girl are you in this episode? So did you feel a kinship to any of the girls or guys you saw this week? Hannah. Really? Mm-hmm. I feel just like just like a messiness. Trying but like trying to do the right thing, but just and then ending up feeling kind of small. I think yeah. I see that. I don't, I mean, and I do relate to Marnie being like a brat about like feeling entitled. I've, I've been there in my twenties, you know, calling my parents and being like, ah! <laughs> you know, so I, I, yeah, I think both of them, maybe Elijah, I don't really relate to in this except having sex with someone I shouldn't. That's a great answer. Yeah. I feel like I honestly have pretty much the same answer, except I, I feel like I'm I'm Marnie trying to sell like a necklace I got at my bat mitzvah and only to find out it's fake. That, yeah. You know, I that is just so I, I, I don't know. I, I felt Marnie, too, in the like kind of entitlement way and the like yelling at your mom and saying, like, you don't you don't know how hard it is out here in Bushwick. Yeah, and I think, like, even, like, before I got sober, I was, like, in New York, I would be, like, okay, I'm going to be a good person now. Like, out of no, like, I'd, someone, like, a friend would be, like, your behavior is scaring me. And then I would, like, go to one AA meeting and then be, like, I went to an AA meeting. I'll I can, let me do coke. You yeah. Know, I'm good. Yep. Absolutely. I'm a healed person now. Yeah, I definitely feel that trying to fix something in a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I will echo the Marnie the Marnie uh, identification here as someone who just yesterday, even before watching this episode for the pod, uh, texted the phrase "on the wrong side of my twenties to someone else and got immediately told to shut the fuck up. Um, I I did feel this very hard, so. I like that phrase, honestly. I like it too. Yeah, there, there's something very, um, you know, non-emotional about it. Enjoy being on the wrong side of your 20s. Yeah, I wake up every day and thank God. You have I, to. You it's know. like gracias por la vida, as I, <laughs> not Casey Musgraves, the other woman once said. 
Mm-hmm. Um, next segment, Fit Check. Every week we pick an outfit worthy of commentary. I had like dozens this week because every single audition outfit <clears throat> of those dancers was like Lululemon hell to me. So that was my Fit Check of the week. There was another, not even Lululemon hell moment, but Marnie, when we first see her, is wearing this really confusing leggings, long skirt combo that she she kind of just looks like like an Orthodox Jewish woman. Do do you know what I'm talking (laughs) about? Like, it's like, I have no idea what's going on there. And it's it's unlike her. Maybe she's trying to, I, I don't know, since she's in her fitness era, but it's very... It's it's an odd look, and I had to rewind and watch it again yeah. to make sure my eyes weren't deceiving me. Every season on Project Runway, like the older seasons, they used to do an athleisure challenge where someone would have to design a fashion-forward workout outfit, and people would always, like the, the bottom designers would always do like maxi skirts over leggings, and I'm like, who's oh. that doing They're it? like, well, I don't know about sports. Yeah, exactly. This is this is for soccer. I'm right? for this. Yeah, it's made out of like um, poly stretch jersey. Like that's workout. It's breathable fabric. It's good enough. So, that's so funny. What was Mine your would... yes. probably Elijah's jersey? Because mm-hmm. I I wore I got a Lakers jersey in like a swag bag, <laughs> and I I was like wearing it, but it like wasn't like a normal Laker. It was like some special edition Lakers jersey and I was like trying to wear that for like a period in LA mm-hmm. like only pre-COVID what and happened I just was a fraud and it felt childish and regressive and I felt embarrassed and, I mean LA yeah, is it was embarrassing. A jersey town though especially like for it is, but... dressing it's bad I bought in 2017 when I moved to Silver Lake I went to that crossroads up the street from Akbar mm-hmm. and bought it's so humiliating a floral print basketball jersey like oh. red roses with like no. <laughs> with black like letters or black numbers that's a number one on it Honestly. and I wore that thing out until the pandemic it was <laughs> You were serving. I, I look to... back at that now and I'm like. You, look, I, you felt it in that moment. I look so sunburned. I was like drunk and awful and all. It was so, it's so bad. Like I just got rid of it. Like when I moved um, a few months ago and I was, it felt like an exorcism at the end of the day. It had to go. Hey, yeah. When you talk about like a bad shirt, you always mention sunburn. Yeah, like whenever you mentioned like a bad shirt from your past, it's always paired with a bad sunburn. Because like I associate, they're like my going out tops, basically. <laughs> like I always associate them with being like, like walking down the like WeHo strip, like looking outrageous. Um, it was like you day you day drank and then got ready and put that on and then went out. Yeah, and like because it was such like a millennial pink era i just i can't wear pink like i'm someone i have someone i'm someone with very like naturally kind of like lightish pink skin like it just makes me look like a little pink person and i just like i think it could work it's just like trotting down sunset boulevard it's not it wasn't a great look 
but oh, I'm I, better I now. Trot, I trot all the time. <laughs> so you just got to get like a bunch of navy blue shirts and moisturizer, pick up your head, and just look forward to tomorrow. Exactly. Yep. And then the MVP, LVP of the week. And LVP is least valuable player just because we do get uh, pushback on that sometimes. Julia, did you have anyone for this? I mean, MVP is very clearly Elijah, but maybe Hannah, actually, because she she conquered her fears. She called the guy and then she got out a good cry. And I appreciated that character moment. And then LVP, mm, you know what? I'm going to have to go with Dill Harcourt. He really, I don't know. I, I don't I don't like what he's doing here. I don't, he's playing with the emotions of, uh, of our friends. Okay, for that reason, I give him most valuable. Because oh. he, he, he was like, he unleashed a, a chaos chouse in that apartment that, brought forth a lot of good <laughs> a lot of good tension mm -hmm. and story and he was sort of the catalyst so i give him most valuable and least valuable i gotta say hannah <laughs> we're opposites yeah i mean i she has she, just she just bummed me out. <laughs> so, honestly, I was just like, kind of like. Mm. No, she was I, a bummer. <laughs> Marnie was. She wasn't. She wasn't really serving in this episode. Certainly she not. serves a lot. She serves most episodes. This episode, she had some growth, but like Marnie served, Elijah served, Dylan still served. Mm -hmm. The clock maker, no, the pawn shop owner, he was giving cunt. He was actually might be MVP. Yeah. Hannah did not serve. No, that's a good point. She really didn't. I mean, no, she was lackluster. <laughs> she was limp. Yeah, I can get behind all all this reasoning. Like for me, Elijah was the clear MVP, but my LVP was Marty, as it is many weeks. Just because like this pawn shop mania was not a great look on her. Um and like her mom denying her funny money, just this, it's just abject humiliation. So for that reason, she's my LVP. I also, I, love loved, I loved when um, Marnie flipped off her mom on FaceTime and she goes, oh, those nails. That <laughs> felt so real. <laughs> oh God, I love this show. It's so good. One of these days, Rita Wilson is going to get some like White Lotus-esque she should like, be in series. the White Lotus. Yeah, she. We say that about so many people on the show, but like she would be so good in White Lotus. Um, she's a great comedic actor, great drama, underappreciated national treasure. Rita Wilson. She's amazing. Her holiday album is very good, by the way. I would uh, recommend people go check that out. Friend of the Obamas, Rita Wilson. Yeah. What can't she do? what can't we do i mean we we did it all today carrie so thank you so much for being here this was oh my god i'm honored delight. to be on truly where can people find you on social media slash what would you like to promote you can 
follow me at ecario on instagram i'm banned from twitter so you can't follow me there but you can follow sexy unique pod on twitter which i tweet under that and just listen to sexy unique podcasts that's all i'm going to promote fantastic um so much fun so much fun we should probably promote our socials (laughs) yeah what are you um girls room pod on tiktok Follow me at FK Pigs on Twitter with a Z and uh, Julia Wobbit. I'm Julia Gray. Okay. All one word. Um, and private on both currently for reasons I can't really explain. Paranoia, maybe. Um, yeah. But You're not paranoid. Follow me anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, you know. You're smart. Know. Invite people to like knock on the door. Like, see Yeah, that. please knock. <laughs> and if I see you are a friend of the show, I will accept. But yeah. If you're not, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave you hanging. Hmm. But yeah, you yeah. can try. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week with an extra special episode. And uh, until then, keep on trucking, I guess. <laughs> we'll work on that.